When you make more of your home with Valspar, you want to keep doing more. Like maybe you want to make your powder room more colorful, or make your basement more waterproof, or make your exterior more Mother Nature-proof, or make your driveway more protected, or make your deck look more barbecue-worthy, or make your curb appeal more curb-appealing. Whatever project is next on your list, Valspar makes all the products and tools to help you make more of it. Valspar, made for more. Available at Lowe's. Matthew Kennedy, hello, my man. Jim Goodall, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. The legendary Jim Goodall is here. And uh, just for you, Jim, I was thinking about you, and I put my Team Lazar t-shirt on. I got to get you one of these. Yeah, I got to get you one for uh, Bob as well. Uh, There she is, the gorgeous Bobby Younce has returned after a month of uh, not being here. Wow, it's nice to have you back, Bobby. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we got about 35 seconds. And uh, let's see who else is coming on in uh, so far. It's everybody that we've said so far. Remember, you can get your swag like your Team Lazar t-shirt at spacedoutradio.com. We got a bunch of cool t-shirts there. We got a Roswell shirt, a Phoenix Light shirt, the gorgeous Avi May. How are you? We've got uh, everything that you need. It's really cool stuff. Thomas Fessler, how you doing, brother? From Disclosure Tonight. Let's do this thing, people. Let's have some fun. Let's get our horns up. And let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bubblefoot read shirky poos newswire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a great show for you tonight. Alfred Santariga is here. We're going to talk NASA. We're going to talk Bigfoot, Dogman, UFOs, aliens, ghosts. Yeah, he's an encyclopedia, 50 years of study. And we got Alfred on uh, next. You know, don't blame him for being a New York Rangers fan. Everybody's got to have a crutch in their life, so we'll let him have that one. 1994 still kills me. Still kills me. Canucks should have won. Nathan Lafayette hit the post in the last minute. He had Mike Richter beat. I don't care what anybody said. That was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm still hurt. And Messier should have been suspended for cross-checking Trevor Linden. In the face, right down, shoving his nose into the ice, breaking it in game six. 
but the captain came back. That is very true. Anyways, enough hockey here because it is playoff time. You know, we're heading into the finals, and, you know, I don't care what anybody says. The Stanley Cup is the top trophy in sports, the hardest one to win and the most beautiful trophy. You know, it's not like Major League Baseball or the NBA or or NFL where they get a new trophy every year. No way. Stanley Cup is the most beautiful thing. Most beautiful thing. And that's the one that needs the most privilege to win. All right. Hour three. We got Swamp Dweller coming on in. And then Nicole Sackett will be filling in for John uh, on the UFO report. Shirky Poo has the news. Let's get right to it, shall we? Let's do this thing. Alfred Santagria is 53 years into his experiences in all aspects of the paranormal field. He's intuitive. He's an experiencer. Continues to actively research the cryptids haunting this world. He has appeared in half a dozen independent films along with network television. He's the founder of the Bronxville Paranormal Society. He's a director at New York State UFO Project, director of the New York State Sasquatch Organization, and director of the North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter, and we're glad he's a good friend of this show because, you know, never mind the fact that he is a New New York Rangers fan because everybody's got their faults in life and this is definitely his. We're glad that he is here and a friend of this show. Alfred, thank you so much for coming back on Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. 1994. Messier should have been suspended for Game 7. He should have been suspended. It's hockey. It's not baseball. (sighs) (laughs) It's hockey. It's a man's sport. That's almost 30 years ago, and I'm still holding a grudge. Still holding a grudge. I understand. I hold grudges, too. I, I still haven't forgiven the Pittsburgh Steelers for beating the Cowboys in the 70s in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we love it when you're here, my friend, and you and I have a lot of, of conversations away from the radio studio. For you, 53 years you've been looking into this, man. You know, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a lifetime. For, yeah, it's a many, lifetime. Yeah, yeah, it's a lifetime, you know. And I, I don't really like to consider myself a researcher because, you know, I do – dabble in research but i'm more of an investigator and experiencer you know of course i re- i have to research certain things here and there but um i'm not i mean there are guys who just they they can just do amazing stuff with technology and that's not me um i research if i do if what you call researching what i do it's out in the field i'm boots on the ground and i'm out in the field and that's where i'm happiest so for you, what have you learned, not about the, the the characters that you are investigating, but what have you learned about yourself going through this lifelong journey that not many people have really taken up? But, you know, they may know about it, but they've never really delved into it the way you have. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times uh, my thoughts have... Uh changed over the years you know from being uh, a freak from being uh, blessed from being cursed um i can you know i i as what age comes wisdom so i kind of just i look at the big picture now you know instead of little 
windows of things. And, um, you know, I've, I know I've grown a lot over the years and, uh, believe things that, you know, 25 years ago, I would have never even considered, you know, I would have called you crazy. Is there one aspect of the phenomena that has really, really been, you know, a mystery to you? I know you've seen Dogman. I know you've seen Sasquatch and Pixies and ghosts and aliens and UFOs. But is there one that just really twists your brain? It's, you know, what blows my mind. The, the more I delve into portals and different dimensions, the different things that come out of them, you know? And when I hear about these creatures that come out of these portals, doorways, dimensions, whatever you want to call them, I go back to King Solomon in the temple and the ring that God gave him. And, uh, you know, and it just blows my mind that, you know, what they wrote about back then is is happening now. I mean, th- there's more and more stuff coming through that uh, ever than ever, you know, and uh, I don't know what's going on and uh, I don't pretend to know what's going on, but um, it's amazing the things that come through. I want to ask you this. 53 years, you've seen a lot. You've seen all the denials from the government. You've seen all the denials <laughs> and, and everything. People making fun, calling us tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, and everything that kind of goes along with that. You know, I, I would say over the last, you know, ele- almost 11 years, I've been on that journey as well, not as long as you have. But for me... I always try to keep an open mind, trying to learn, trying to to figure out some of these mysteries. And there's a couple things that I've figured out. Number one, the only truth that to this is the truth that we experience ourselves. And number two, there's a lot of BS out there, a lot of <laughs> a lot of BS out there. Yeah. And you know, I have to remind you, please don't swear on the show because old Davey will have to edit it after. But um, you know, nonetheless, with everything that's going on in the UFO world, the cryptid world, the the paranormal world, what is what are we missing here? What are we missing in in general or in hard fact to the reason why we're not finding or solving any of these mysteries, nor do we seem to be getting any closer? I think what we're missing is the truth. And it's hard to find the truth when people who've never experienced anything see something on TV and then goes out and replicates it. And they don't realize that TV is just entertainment, you know, and all these different groups, so-called groups that they show on TV are all actors put together by producers. You know, you may have one true researcher in there, you know what I mean? Other than that, they're just actors and you can't do what TV tells you to do. It's just, you're never going to find anything or experience anything for yourself trying to imitate television. Just go out there with a pure heart and an open mind and find a location, whether it's haunted or it's a high, um, 
high strangeness, cryptids, UFO sightings, orbs, whatever, and just make yourself available to what's there and see what happens. Well, one of the I mean, you're never going to find Bigfoot walking through the woods all constantly moving. Just hunker down and let them come to you. They're going to come to you if they're there. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that really has me upset right now is the idea that NASA, a.k.a. never a straight answer, <laughs> is literally Absolutely. is literally claiming that they are going to spend $100,000 over the next nine months studying unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, I have watched UFO Twitter, which is a joke at the best of times, but there is tidbits of good information and news articles in there regarding this subject. And I'm sorry, I can't believe, Alfred, that we have had astronauts come out publicly over the decades since Gemini claiming that they saw lights or they saw craft in the space when they were up there, that they were being followed, that they were being watched, that they were having close encounters, whether it's from Gemini right up to the International Space Station today. And I, I absolutely cannot believe that there hasn't been a single reporter on this planet or in the United States where it's more close to home that hasn't asked NASA the question, what are you hiding? Why are you hiding it? I mean, should we, am I being a little bit too, too personal and emotional on this? Or should we be a little upset that NASA is treating us like imbeciles? I think you're being a little naive to actually think NASA would tell us the truth. And no government agency is ever going to tell the general population, the truth. For 70 years, they've been covering this up. 70 years. Project Blue Book and Swamp Gas and all of this nonsense for 70 years. Then they finally released the Tic Tac um, video, which was leaked like seven years earlier, right? So there wasn't anything new. And so they're saying, oh, well, maybe there is something to this. Well, when I see all, when I see the government saying, "Well, maybe there is something to it," my red flags go up, and I say, "Okay, what are they doing? Are they preparing us for some kind of new craft that you know is is um can go up to the moon and back in a blink of an eye? Are they preparing us to introduce alien uh, life forms here on Earth?" What are they preparing us for? Because for 70 years, they've been denying it. So, you know, that's what, for me, I see red flags. And I don't ever, ever think that anytime they have any of these meetings on Capitol Hill and they have these sessions and all of this stuff, that anything, anything good is going to come out of it. Nothing is going to come out of it. They're not going to tell us if it's, it's, if they've been keeping it, above top secret for 70 years why do you, why would you think they're going to tell you now no i just i don't have any faith in any of these uh 
reports from from Washington or anything like this. As far as NASA saying they're going to study it now, why now? That's my question. Why now? I mean, you've been studying it for 70 years. Why don't you admit that, you know? And I think that's a good point. 70 years of research. And now all of a sudden, Bill Nelson, former astronaut himself, who literally is running NASA, has the nerve to stand up at a podium with a straight face and tell everybody, well, we're going to look into these. We believe they're extraterrestrial. Really? Really? <laughs> what, what about That's supposed to be what breaking about, news. What about astronaut Cooper? What about astronaut uh, Mitchell? What about... Yes. The other astronauts on the ISS, the Russian astronaut two years ago who literally filmed a triangular or a boomerang-shaped UFO flying just outside the International Space Station. When are you going to get off your asses and and literally stop playing the cover-up game? They know about this. How many ISS feeds know. were cut? How many space yeah. shuttle feeds were cut? How many uh, times were messages said during Gemini and Apollo about these craft on where they Santa, right? The code word was Santa Claus. Absolutely. That was yeah, that was a code word, Santa Claus. Right? And, yeah. you know, I agree with Alien Critter in our chat room. NASA astronauts need to testify before Congress without any non-disclosure agreements. I mean, this is absolutely insulting to their own astronauts on what they've experienced, what they've seen, and for what? UFOs are the cool thing. You don't need to save face here. This is what doesn't make sense. I, I don't, you know what? I think at this point, it's not even about upsetting the general population. I think it's about keeping who, whatever technology they have hidden from other countries that may be working with other alien life forms. You know, I just think they don't want to, nobody wants to show their hand. So they have to deny, deny, and deny. They can't be on. I mean, they've been scrubbing photos from space since the 70s. Since the 70s, they've been scrubbing photos. Donna Hare is a whistleblower on that. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's time we get Donna Hare back on the show to talk about NASA scrubbing photos because she was witness to it. And if we can believe her game, I mean, there's some answers that Bill Nelson has to talk about, right? And, yeah. you know, I just, I am so worked up about this. I know I shouldn't be taking it personally. It's not, no, absolutely it's, it's not. not my job to take it personally, but I am because for so long we have been screwed over on this topic. And now, you know, I feel, and I believe the public should feel the same way that we have just got a proverbial slap in the face from NASA treating everybody who has interest in space, UFOs, NASA, SpaceX, that we have just been kicked in the derriere by a, their rockets <laughs> and and we are being insulted. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't think. And yet we have this idiotic mainstream media out there who are saying, oh, well, you're going to spend $100,000? What do you hope to find? What if you find something and not and not a single person asked, what's in your closet? 
What are you hiding? Because <laughs> they're not allowed to ask that. That's why. Oh, they're allowed. Every, they're everything allowed. is scripted. No. Have you noticed the? Have you noticed the the shape of the world these days? It's well, pretty chaotic. I, I understand that, and I'm not saying that the media isn't at fault here because I agree with you. But I think, in my opinion, the majority of mainstream media are so stupid and naive about this topic that they don't even know what to ask. That's the problem. It's not that it's scripted. It's that the journalists are dumb. And I would tell oh, any that, that may be, yeah. And I would tell you, I would tell anybody to their face that any journalist, I would love you to challenge me on it. Because <laughs> all I have to ask is, why didn't you ask the question? Your job is to ask the question. Why didn't you ask? You know, it just. Drive, yeah. drives me nuts. But you brought up a good point about the scrubbing of photos. Explain on that yeah. if you don't mind. Well, they've been they've been they've been scrubbing photos that that was tr- been transmitted from the um, Gemini and on the Apollo and all of those as they were coming in. Um, after they come in and uh, Mission Control actually sees them and they see what's in them, they keep the original for them. And then they scrub the photo out and they pass it on to the general public. You know, they hand it to the news people to show them that, you know, look at all the pretty colors out in space, but there's no UFOs or aliens up there. But I mean, how many times have they cut transmission from the, uh, on the, on the two way radios? You know what I mean? From there, the emergency system, they'll, they'll cut transmissions. Um, so people who have, ham radios who are listening in can't hear them you know they'll just oop, they'll 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 throw uh something in the in the on the channel and, and uh block it you know so i mean it's you know it's, it's been going on forever forever it's been going on i mean and i don't know i mean i just i i personally don't expect anything to come from anything that the government does or says when it comes to whether it's a girls' night out, brunch with your work besties, or a night in with sprinkles, the crisp, refreshing taste of Kim Crawford makes any moment amazing. So wherever you go, shine with Kim Crawford. Available in Sauvignon Blanc and Rosé. Kim Crawford. Make it amazing. Buy Kim Crawford at orderkimcrawford.com. Please enjoy our wines responsibly. 2022 Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California, USA. It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. UFOs. I mean, you know, I believe, I know, we know, we know that they're here. They've been here for millions of years. And there's all different kinds of races. Some good, some not so good. And um, who's working with who? I don't know. I mean, I look at I look at these weapons that they create, like um, um, energy weapons and sound weapons and all, and all these different kind of weapons. And I say, why? Why does the government have to spend billions of dollars in these energy weapons and these sound weapons 
to kill us. You can kill us with a stick or a rock. I think they, they, they create these weapons because these are what they need to combat alien life forms that may be hostile, you know? Well, it's amazing to find out, as if we didn't really already know, that Space Force and Space Command are having divisions of, you know, look that are looking for UFOs and extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial life. You know, uh, Danny Sheehan recently blurted out to the public, which he shouldn't have, but he did anyways, that Lou Elizondo is a part of the Space Command as a as a contracted employee, giving them advice on, on what is going on. I mean, look, the secrets just keep, keep adding up, and yet we're finding all of these alphabet agencies now are getting big time into the UFO game. Something must be coming. If everybody, if everybody's, if everybody's got their hands in, in either there's so much money, dark black, dark black projects, dark money in in these projects that everybody wants a piece of the pie, or something big is coming and everybody wants a heads up on it. I, those are the only two options I can see. Well, you know what? It's going to be interesting because the one question that nobody has been able to answer is a question that we brought to the public first. And that is, why now? Why now? Why over the last four four years has this gone on? Because in the grand scheme of things, there has been no reason for this to come out. No reason. And yet everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Now something something big must be coming for for everybody to jump on the bandwagon. Obviously, they know something we don't know. So, you know, we're... We're peons, and, and they're they're, they're um, the elitists, and they they have all the information. So, who knows? I mean, let's uh, let's continue this conversation when we come back from the break. Alfred Santariga is our guest tonight. When we return, let's head over to the cryptid world. Dogman and Bigfoot sightings. Let's hear about his when we return on Space Down Radio for the second half hour. All right, we're clear, and uh, let us move Dirty Filth into here so people can see what uh, Dirty Filth is putting on the paper tonight. Uh, You guys complaining about $6.49 a gallon for gas? That's child's play. Child's play. I just spent 50 bucks today, $50.00. And I got a quarter tank because per gallon right now in British Columbia, it's almost $12. Oh, my God. Yeah. The pipeline runs right through my my little town. Right through my little town. I could walk the pipeline because it's got a nice trail on it. Okay? And we got almost $12 a gallon right now here. My God. What's that? Don't you wish you lived in Alberta where it's relatively cheaper? Yeah, what are you at right now? I fill I filled up fifty bucks at two dollars eleven cents a liter today. Convert oh. hold on. Liters I'll get the math of that. Two then. gallons. <laughs> okay, so uh, convert gas prices from liters to gallons. 
Hold on. Let me see if I can do this here. Oh, that's not one of those automatic converters. I need one of those automatic converters here. Here it is. Okay. So I paid $2.11 today. Uh, hold on. Enter current cost of gasoline in your area state. Well, I'm in Canada. So, boy. Uh, Basically, Costco, by my works, like, fuck six. That doesn't seem right. No, nah, I, I think it's closer to six thirty or something like that. Liters into gallons. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're we're at eight bucks a gallon right now. Sorry, uh, okay. I, apo- I apologize. Now, if you want premium gas, you're like ten bucks a gallon. Wow, yeah. that's insane. Well, let's see here. Hi, Jazzy Small, James Weston. Thanks for popping on in. And... Boy, my mathematics were horribly wrong on that. Vash the (laughs) Impaler. Five bucks in, in Vegas. Oh, what I would do for five bucks a gallon. Imagine having a, a pickup truck... Like an F one fifty or a or a GM fifteen hundred or a Chrysler 50, or a Dodge Ram fifteen hundred, and paying two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars just to fill up your tank. Yeah, just think if you're a farmer, Dave. How's that working for you? Terrence Hall, how are you? Yeah, but at least they get to write it off. Greg.com Maloney, four bucks a gallon in Thailand. TMI, nice to see you. Robert Lamoth, nice to have you back. The gorgeous Angel Wings, just got off work. Yeah, Suburban too, dude. Yep. They actually, in the 80s, had a vehicle. GM had the patent to a vehicle that ran off of water. And somehow, the gentleman who invented it and sold it to GM... uh, passed away there's a good documentary on this mysteriously passed away at gm uh after having discussions with the um oil companies uh shelved the car that could run on gas i mean run on water yeah i remember that story i remember that guy there was no way they were gonna let him live yeah Guess he just fell down some stairs or something, right? Yeah, ate some bad salad. That ham sandwich. Ham sandwich will get you every time, right, Mama Cass? <laughs> Holy cow! Even though she didn't really die from that. <laughs> All right, we got twenty-five seconds. Thank you to Thomas. And Stephen in the UK for the amazing Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Thank you to all the veterans who have tuned us in. We love you all, and thank you for your your generous contributions to, to our lives. Donald Dean, welcome back. Here we go, everyone.
second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Alfred Santariga. He's big name in the state of New York when it comes to everything Sasquatch, UFO, Dogman, Paranormal. He's run the gamut through his life for the last 53-plus years. Alfred, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for inviting me on. Before we get to all of the weird stuff that you have personally experienced, what is the strangest creature, alien, ghost that you've ever seen? Man, the strangest creature I've ever seen. I seen something in a photograph that we took in a dog man's den. Okay. We took a picture inside a dog man's den with a telescopic lens. And there was something in there. I'm holding two baby Sasquatches by the hand. And it looked like the creature from the Black Lagoon. That was pretty weird. When was this? <laughs> This is a few years back. We actually found the. I was being drawn to a location. I didn't know why I was being drawn to a location. And uh, we were bluff charged at this location uh, months before. And I went, I was going back from hell or high water. And when we got there, you know, it was one of those, it was one of these weird things. Like, you know, Brian was with me and had our camera guy, Bill with me. And I told these guys, I said, listen, you know, everybody's sensitive, you know, and I say, like, listen, I'm being drawn to this location. Let's not wander off in different directions because we have a tendency. He's being pulled this way. He's being pulled that way. I just want to go here. And they were like, OK, 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 let's go. And so we were we were hiking out, hiking out. God, we were about three and a half miles in. And I must have got hit with infrasound or something because I overheated. I got sick and um, everybody wanted to turn around and go back. And I was like, no, I'm, we're so close. We were like literally a hundred yards. And I was like, I'm not turning around. We're going to, we're going to battle through and, you know, drank some water and we got through and then we're looking around and we're in this location. It's a place of high strangers and we're not seeing anything. You know, these are three guys who pretty much know what to look for as far as signs go. And nobody's seeing anything. And um, something, a little voice in my head said, jump on this big rock. There was like a, a giant megalithic rock by the swamp. So I jumped on the rock. And then something said, move the cattails. The cattails were like 15 feet high. And I had a walking stick. And I moved the cattails. And you could see a pathway leading into the swamp. So then we're looking into the swamp. And... I said, Bri, come up here. And Bri jumped up and he looked and Bill jumped up and he looked and he zoomed in and uh, he's like, there's something in the swamp. It's something in that. We thought it was like um, 
a shrub that had been pulled over, you know, bent over, but it was yeah. still alive. But um, it was more than that. It was it was more than that. Once we got, we actually zeroed in on it, and we zeroed in, and we zeroed in, and then I jumped off the rock. Bill Bill was going to go into the swamp. Of course, he took one step in, sunk down to his knee, and Brian and I had to pull him out. And um, so then I started walking around, and something said, "Go to the high ridge to get a better look at the actual swamp itself." And when I got up on the high ridge, I started finding scat. And then all of a sudden, like a veil was lifted from my eyes. And I'm seeing arches and X's and breaks and bends and twists and all kinds, even something that was set up like a corral. Now, I don't know if they use this thing to corral deer, chase deer into it as an ambush point or something, but it looked like it was a, a, a corral made out of trees. And, um, so anyway, we filmed everything and then I've got up on this high ridge I'm going, and I noticed that there was a tra a trackway coming out of the back of the, the, the structure and it was going down right down the center of the swamp. So we decided to go back to Bill's house cause he's got like this giant 72 inch green TV and we were, we were, we were put it, we put the, the, SD card and we're watching it on the TV and um, we're saying, look at that. There's like this giant wolf-like head, like just like a, a silhouette of the year looking to the south. And then right next to it is this creature that looks like a hyena growling at us. Like, what are you doing here? I want to kill you. It was not happy. And we didn't notice the little Sasquatches or the other thing. And Bill's mom came in and, you know, with coffee and stuff and cake. And she says, what are those two little monkeys doing in that den? And we go, where? And she pointed them out. And then when she pointed them out, we seen these things holding the monkeys' hands. And the, the Sasquatch, it looked like the creature from the Black Lagoon. And we just we just flipped out. We couldn't believe what Brian's like. I want to get a drone. I want to fly it in that den, you know. And um, that was the day we found the Dogman Den. And I think I think when we were there earlier that year, and we were bluff charged. I believe the creature that bluff charges was the hyena looking uh, Dogman because I have one photo of it that I took with a little Sony digital camera. And we heard it charge up the ridge line. It was coming, bada boom, bada boom, bada boom, right? And I thought it was a bear or a mountain lion. And all we had were 18-inch machetes and 10-inch survival knives and pepper spray. And Bill happened to be his back towards the wall. There was this stone wall, like a three-foot wall in the middle of the woods that went nowhere. And Brian was to my right, and I was facing on this thing is coming, charging up the ridge, and you can hear it, but a boom, but a boom, it's definitely a quadruped. And Bill takes off running, and I reach out, and I'm not even looking at Bill because we're we're in we're in darkness. I'm focusing my eyes where the sound is coming from, and I reach out and I grab Bill as he gets gets to me, and I spin him around, and I say, "Stand your ground." And then Brian got up and we kind of made like a triangle and I was out front and I thought, hand to God, I thought it was either a black bear 
coming over that wall or a mountain lion that was going to jump on me because I was the closest one and I was going to have to sacrifice my left arm while I stab it with the survival knife. And this thing comes right up to the wall and it stops. And we got all different kinds of cameras going. We got UV, IR, thermal, low light cameras, all kinds of stuff. And I pulled out my little Sony digital camera and I took one photograph, just one photograph with a flash. And on the other side, now we never heard this creature leave. I don't know if it jumped off the wall and into the swamp. I don't know if it stood up and walked away, but we literally jumped over the wall to see what it was. And Bill had a 1500 lumen flashlight and we lit that swamp up like it was daytime. And there was nothing in any of the videos that we were shooting in, in any spectrum of light. And, um, in my, except for my little Sony photograph, and I didn't even see it. We had put our stuff out on Facebook and we said, look, if anybody sees anything in here, you know, let us know. And some guy reached out to me from California and said, Hey, Al, you caught a dog man behind the wall. So when he sent it to me, I seen it, you know, and I said, Oh, this is photoshopped. So I went and I checked my dig, my uh, SD card and sure as hell, it was right there. We just, we didn't see all you see is a, a nose, a little snout, a nose, two eyes shining and two pointed ears, like Doberman pointed ears. And it was just sniffing us. And it must have got down real low behind that wall. And I believe that was the same creature that was growling at us in the den. You know, and I think the night we were doing our investigation, we were close to a den and we didn't know it. You know, we just happened to stumble upon it. And it didn't want us there for one reason or another. And it tried to drive us away. But, you know, we, we stood our ground. And I guess because there was three of us, it's uh, not that it, you know, a dog man can kill three of us in a blink of an eye, but we, we, we did have weapons on us. And, you know, so, um, for some, whatever reason, it decided to go back into the, into the den and leave us alone. Well, that, I don't even know how to top that. I mean, you got, you got the monster from the black lagoon, too many Sasquatches, you know, and, and a dog man that's, uh, sniffing around that's one hell of a weird party that's happening in this cave man yeah and the one and the one that was facing south had a typical i know everybody say german shepherds but i say like a wolf head typical wolf head but it was humongous it was just too big for its size you know what i mean it was oversized it was it was crazy unbelievable the two weirdest things that i've seen First one happened in like 2015. My son was like three years old, and, or 2016, 2015, 2016. And it was just about to go into the fall, and we were geocaching along one of our trails along the lake right by our home. And, uh, you know, I had him in the stroller because, you know, it's bear season. And mm-hmm. easier to get away with the kid in the stroller than it is if I'm having to carry him or you know, him and I running with his little, you know, duck run back then, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Now you'll have to throw him over your shoulder for sure. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we were, we came across this up this hill. We found this geocache behind this giant rock and we start, my son gets back in the stroller and 
we start walking down the hill. Well, as we we crest the top and start our descent down this hill, and it's not a big hill. Like the lakeside and the the drop off to the lake is to our left, and all of a sudden, about twenty feet in front of us, him and I see this this little foot foot and a half look like a like a two by four, except a rustic part of a tree with little arms and little cartoon arms and little cartoon feet come right up the embankment and start walking on the trail about 20 feet in front of us and it stops it looks at us like it's about a foot and a half two feet on the trail stops looks at us and takes off like speedy gonzalez right back down the hill it's another hurricane season and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. This Pride, everyone's coming through for the Trevor Project on YouTube Shorts. Join us! Create a short showing how you're stepping up for Pride using the hashtag YouTube Pride Challenge. Come through for Pride on YouTube Shorts. Visit youtube.com backslash pride. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what the hell is that? No idea. To this day, still no idea what it was. But wow, that is crazy. Yeah. That was like a, what do you, you know, did... To talk to anybody, like did they say it was like a wood nymph or anything yeah, like that's, that? That's what I got confirmed was. Uh, they, yeah, they said it was a wood nymph. But the other one that yeah. that I just had strange happen was I I had an, a, a very interesting dream last week where it felt like a like an encounter with UFOs and being taken. Okay, and. and in my dream, they never show me the craft. They never show me anything. But in this dream, I'm there, and I see this gray alien. Except the gray alien doesn't have the big black almond eyes. It has bright green eyes. This is the reason why, if you're looking at us on YouTube or Twitch, you see I have everything in bright green right mm-hmm. now for all the printing and the message board and everything because that bright green is what color eyes it had never seen that before mm. and it tripped me out man tripped yeah. me out how tall was it it was like it was behind a bush it wasn't a big tall dude it was maybe a four okay. foot, four footer okay. four and a half foot but the weird part about it is he showed me three pictures of black triangles Two were black at night, but you could still make out the triangle. Mm-hmm. One had the lights on, one did not. And then he showed me a metallic or silver triangle in like a daytime photo. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, now I, obviously it wasn't a dream. Obviously you, you experienced something. But um, like I say, when they come and... When I've had my um, abductions accounts, I always say, if you're going to take me, at least let me get, give me a tour of the ship. Let me see what where the hell I'm going. You know, I'd love to see 
more than just, you know, me out of my body, watching my, my body float away, you know. I agree with you. I put that out there and I try and manifest that too, you know, except, you know, when you start feeling the gravitational pull, that's when you know you're going up. Oh yeah. You you feel it. You have no choice, but that's what you feel. And, you know, and it's funny because I got the, I got the pull. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going today, boys. Not going today. (laughs) And sure enough, wake up wide awake in my bed and I'm like, damn it, my head hurts right now. My head hurts. I have outer body experiences when that happens. I don't know why I leave my body. Um, I don't know what that means. You know, when I see them um, taking me up, you know, in the light and everything, I leave my body, you know, and I, and I, and I watch and, and, and it's weird because I watch these things and I question and I question it like, you know, how the hell are they going to get me through the wall? You know, it's a solid wall. You know what I mean? I'm in my bed, you know, how are they going to get me through the wall? And, and you know, I have all these questions I want to ask them, but you know, I never get to um, experience anything more than that, you know, just gliding off towards the light, towards the windows and the walls or whatever. I never see the walls open up or anything like that. I never experience going up in the light to the craft. I'm just out of my body in my bedroom, watching them like hovering over me, like with their hands, making me levitate, you know, and and that's it. I wish they would give me more. Yeah. I know they went in. I mean, I'm sure there's so much more that, you know, I was supposed to get uh, regressed. My brother's a parapsychologist, and he's been after me to get regressed for 100 years, you know, and I always say no, no, no. And um, I, I became really good, close friends with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and Rosemary didn't live far from my house, and she's like, Al, come over to my house one day, and I'll take care of you, and it'll be just between you and me, and, um, you know, you don't have to tell anybody, you know, and I was like, okay. Um, but then she got so busy with TV, and she got so busy with book deals and everything else. And by the time she got home from doing all of that stuff, she ended up passing away. And I never got around to getting the regressed. I had mine in March with Geraldina Roscoe. And she was amazing. I thought I was out for me. Geraldine regressed you? Yes. Really? Yeah. She. I, I thought I was going to be out for, I thought I was out for maybe 15, 20 minutes and it was two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And apparently I still haven't heard the tape, but apparently I spilled the beans and I spilled a <laughs> okay. lot of beans and uh, Geraldine's got to get that to me. Um, but wow, it's interesting that she did it, you know, for you. I didn't know she was, uh, she could do that. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And then we went out for dinner and hung out. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then we went out for dinner in San Francisco, which I'd never done before, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, I got got done. I'm still waiting to to get. She sent me a copy on WeTransfer, and I wasn't ready to hear it. I, I wasn't ready to hear it at that time. You know, okay, and so I, yep, so I forgot to download it, 
thinking, well, the Wii transfer is oh, good. Geez. But the Wii transfer was only good for about a week. You know? Okay. So I got to get her to send it back to me, and we go from there. But, uh, mm. you know, it is what it is, and I would do it. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the answers. I really am. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I just, it was, it was, you know, what my thing, it was, we had Brian and I and Bill, we were on an investigation and we seen a UFO um, the same night that the, we were bluff charged. We seen a UFO and we lost two hours of time. And we always said that if we're going to do this, we'd do it together. So we'd all be together, you know, like one at a time, of course, but all supporting one another, you know? And, but Bill, you know, he's, he had night terrors after that and, um, it really freaked him out. And, you know, I, I'm not really, you know, I know Brian doesn't want to bring anything home to his house with his kids. He's got young kids. My kids are grown. So I talked to Rosemary and I said, look, let's do me. These guys don't even have to know about it. And if mine is not horrible, you know, we'll tell them. And then I'll bring them over and you can do them. And then we could, we could sit around like a round table and discuss each one of ours experience, you know, Makes sense. and you, yeah, Rosemary was, she was into it. She said, Oh, absolutely. Al, no problem. And, um, like I said, unfortunately she passed away and we never got around to do it. And then when I told Brian and Bill that I was going to do it behind their backs, they were pissed. They're like, Oh, I thought we had a deal. I was like, yeah, but if this would have been bad, I wouldn't have told you guys. I don't want you to know anything big. I don't want that thought in your subconscious, you know. I don't want to bring that that darkness onto you. You know, I feel like I'm older enough, I've experienced enough that I could handle it even if it was a bad experience, you know. No, I I totally, totally see that, man. Totally see that. And, you know, I mean, see, that's what scares me is not hearing it is what did I say? You know, I, I hope I didn't say yeah. anything that was incriminating me or anything like that with the aliens or anything that could get me in trouble, which I don't think I would. But, I mean, what's your biggest fear about getting regressed? Um, My past comes out. He was not a nice kid when I was younger. You know what I mean? I did a lot of bad things, uh, a lot of mean things. And the last thing I want is for that to come out. Uh, you know, people don't need to know who that guy was because that guy no longer exists. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, you know, you know, you know, Katie Turner. Heard the name. The psychic. Well, she does a lot of stuff for the travel channel. You got to get her on your show. Oh, absolutely. Every time I talk to her and like, I'll ask her to do it. She just did a reading for me. I did a cleansing on a house and she did. She actually spoke with the clients and. She uh, did the reading for me. Every time we get started, and look, I'll leave the client's house and I'll go home, and then we'll talk privately. She starts just she just starts going, and like she starts picking up this momentum, and she gets. Then all of a sudden, the readings change, and she starts reading me, and I got to get off the phone before she gets to my teenage years. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, Katie, you got to go. You know. I don't. I don't need you knowing what I did with you. May not like me anymore, you know. So, but yeah, she's amazing. Just phenomenal, phenomenal, 
um, abilities. Just my God. She's up in Canada too. She's, she's incredible. We'll try and get her on. We will, we will definitely do that. Alfred Santoriga is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. And when we return, we're going to talk about his Dogman and Sasquatch sightings. Why not? Hey, this is what we live for. Having these strange encounters with creatures that shouldn't exist, but they truly do. And we got Alfred Santoriga's first-hand encounters of what it's like to be close up with Dogman, Sasquatch, and whatever else we could fit in. We'll take your questions as well. If you are in our YouTube chat room, Spreaker chat room, or on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. We're having a great time tonight. If you like the weirdness, this is the show for you. The Mighty SOR returns right after this. All right, we are clear. Dave, I got to feed the cats. I'll be right back. All right, yeah, <laughs> that's his. Uh, that's his uh, way of saying he's got to go sit in the litter box. <laughs> Alfred, I'll be right back too. Uh, it's a good time. We got okay. about six minutes, buddy. Six minutes. Okay. Be right back. Myself.
back. Hey, Mark Sanchez, how you doing? The stunning Jordan Ashley Pettit has finally changed her picture from sitting in the passenger seat to being outside. Sunglasses are still on, though. How's that for paying attention? <laughs> Michael Morris, good evening to you. Angel Wings is providing Reiki in the chat room tonight. So if you need some Reiki, hit up Angel Wings. So far, this is fun, man. I'm having a blast yeah, with you, no. Alfred. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you know, I'm having a good time, too. I love it, you know. Like I said, uh, not, I, this, I got one, two more after this, this year, and then I'm done. And then after that, it'll just be, you know, whenever friends invite me back on, you know, um, like I said, I'm reeling it in. A lot of people and, are uh, these days, man. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've been, even though I've reeled it in, I've been kind of watching what's going on and I see a lot of, um, people who, um, are, um, senior in, uh, investigators, um, that really know a lot about the subject, cashing, checking in, cashing out. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. of all the nonsense that's going on. And, I hear you, uh, buddy. It's sad. It's sad. You know, like I said, this false narrative is going to be truth one day, and the, and the, the truth is going to go the way to Dodo Birds. We got 10 seconds here. Hold on one second. Thank you to Angel, Thomas, and Stephen for the super chats. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in tonight. We really appreciate earning your listening ears. And we want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. We welcome in everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Ultradian. Ultradian is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Alfred Santariga is with us tonight. Over 50 years of research and experiences have him as a foremost speaker on everything cryptid, UFO, and paranormal. And we're glad he is here with us tonight. Alfred, welcome back. Thank you, Dave. It's good to be here. When did you first encounter Dogman? Oh, Dogman. First, I encountered Dogman, I would say, was 2015, 2014. 
something like that. Um, one morning, I, I'm, a, I'm a commuter. I commute 60 miles each way to go to work. And so I'm on a parkway, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm the only idiot on there. And I'm driving to work, and I'm passing uh, a pasture, not a pasture, uh, a, a field, like a, um, oh, God, I forgot what it's called. Well, anyway, a grassy knoll, let's call it. And I notice that the deer always gather there in the morning to graze, you know. And I see what looks like two bipedal creatures walking out of the tree line, you know, about, so I'm slowing down and I'm slowing down. I'm in my Jeep and I'm slowing down. I'm like, what the, what the hell is that? You know? And I'm looking at him. And now I know that the, the guys who cut the grass for the County cut underneath the tree branches so they could drive under it with their tractors and their tractors are a minimum, I would say eight, maybe 10 feet high, you know, those big green John Deere's. And um, I see these two things coming out with these yellow eyes. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I'm just baffled. I'm, now I'm stopped in the parkway, and my windows are tinted, so I actually rolled the window down to get a better look. And they're looking, um, they're looking around, and they're walking out, and, and all of a sudden, they both stop, and they notice me. And then they look right at me. And then they drop down to all fours and they start running towards me. At this, this morning, there weren't any deers in the pasture and they start running towards me and I can see them running. And I- Your favorite band's about to play a sold out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You can see their necks bobbing up and down like like a dog. I had a German Shepherd at the time, and when he ran, his neck bobbed, you know? And I'm looking at this. At first, I thought they were Sasquatches because they had to be eight feet tall, eight, nine feet tall. And then when they dropped down, when they started running towards the truck, at one point, I felt like I was hypnotized. You know, like, I don't know what happened. I was looking at them. They were looking at me. We locked eyes and they were coming. And then a little voice in the back of my head said, you should get out of here right now. And I rolled up the window and I punched out the Jeep and I got out, I got out of Dodge and I um, called Brian up and I said, dude, I had this weird experience. This one, I don't know what it was. It's just mind boggling. And he goes, well, you got to go back and you got to research it. And I was like, no, where it happened was there's like a, there's a little patch of woods and then there's a school. There's really nothing there. You know, like, like there isn't a big wood, like a big woods at this this particular location now, a couple of hundred yards down the road, there's hundreds and hundreds of acres of woods, you know? And uh, he goes, no, you got to go back. You got to go back. So I'm dry. So every morning I'm driving to work and I noticed the first few days, that was like on a Monday. And I noticed like on Tuesday, there was a truck from the environmental conservation truck on the grass. 
Um, and it was just sitting there. It was like a little pick, green pickup, and there was nobody in it. But I would go to work, and it would be there, and I'd come home, and it would be there and for like two or three days. And I was like, what's going on, you know? And, but I also know that there's a stream back there that they stock with fish, you know, trout and stuff. So I said, well, maybe they're just stocking the stream. And then later in the week, the conservation truck was gone, and the Department of uh, Environmental Protection Agency was there. Again, another little green pickup truck, but nobody's ever in this pickup truck. So finally, Sunday comes, I got a day off, and I go to this tree line to just to measure it. I got to see what's there, right? So I go to the tree line, and I measure the tree line, and it's like, okay, it's solid 10 feet. I don't know if these things were 10 feet, but they were definitely 7, 8 feet tall. So I said, let me just see what's actually back here. Thinking, you know, this is right behind my town hall. There's a junior high school there. My kids played soccer there and all. So I thought I knew it like the back of my hand. So I go down into this creek, and I go down to the creek, and I see the people are fishing, and they're telling me, yeah, you know, the, the conservation people just stocked the creek with trout, yada, yada, yada. And I go underneath the road, and I come out on the other side of the road, and it opens up to this giant pond and this giant lake. But, you know, you really can't see it from the road because there's like a condominium complex around it. But there's all kinds of geese and frogs and and uh, fish and turtles, all kinds of food. So I said, wow, this is very interesting. So I start walking some more. I'm walking. I'm walking, actually walking towards my house, okay? I'm about three miles down the road from this. As I'm walking, I get past this lake, and I get to a giant cornfield. And there's, you know, hundreds of acres of corn. And I'm thinking corn equals deer, deer equals, you know, predators, so I said, man, I can't believe that I thought I knew it was, I knew this place like the back of my hand and I knew nothing, you know? And uh, if it wasn't for Brian breaking my chops to go and, and, and do the research. So I was like, so I told Brian and he's like, yeah, I know, I know what that was. And I go, what? He goes, dude, you seen dog, man. And I was like, you know, I said, it's, it was weird because I, when we locked eyes, I felt like I was being hypnotized. And it was the weirdest feeling. Like when they were coming at me, they were coming, but it it looked like they were moving in slow motion. But it looked like they were running hard, you know. How many were there? Uh, two. There was two. And then as I start to pull away, and I pull away, I hit my back brakes just to light up the back so I could see out the rear view window. And when I when I pulled away, they both stopped. And their both of their heads went down to the grass, like they caught wind of a herd of deer or something. And then they both ran north up the parkway. And I was like, wow, that was crazy. Now, I didn't see any tracks when I was there, uh, nothing like that. I didn't see any um, structures or anything. I think these creatures were just traveling that same route I took. Maybe they were coming back from the cornfield. And you know what I mean? Um, and they were going to the bigger, you know, the wooded area where there's hundreds of acres. Um, they were going back home or they were going to that little pasture area to see if there were any deer there um, grazing. But, um, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I, I can't tell you, every day I drove by and I looked, you know, I even, 
if when I was coming home, I would even turn around and go back south just to get a better look at it during the daytime. Because when I, when I go by in the morning, it's always dark, you know, it's always five o'clock in the morning. So, um, but it was just strange, just so crazy. And I, and I told Brian and he's like, yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that, that's what happened, you know. And uh, then I got that thing. After that, I got pulled to that structure in the swamp, you know. And I found that den, for lack of a better definition. And then right after I found that den, there was a night where we were sleeping in our room and we're downstairs on the first floor. The kids are upstairs and I don't usually leave my window open because I'm from the city and you don't leave your window open when you live on the first floor. But that night it was hot and I left the window open and the cat was sleeping between me and my wife. And I don't remember what time it was, two, three o'clock in the morning. I just woke up out of a dead sleep and I felt like there was something outside the window looking in. And when I woke up, the cat jumped out of the bed and ran up the stairs towards the kids' room and hid under the bed, their bed, and wouldn't come back down. And I was like, there's something out there. I know there's something out there. And I put my hand against the wall because my bedroom wall faces the, the yard. And I felt like there was something on the other side of the wall. So I went over to the window. And I listened, and I listened, and I could hear something sniffing, like getting my scent, you know. So I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" So I closed the window, I locked it, and I was going to get my shotgun out of the closet. And a little voice said, "Don't do that." And I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to see what's in the backyard, and I want to put the sensor lights on to see what's in the backyard." And as I'm getting just past the dining room and going towards the kitchen, the voice says to me, you don't want to see what's out there. Just go back to bed. This is what I'm hearing in my head. So I, now this is totally against every fiber of my being. I'm the kind of guy, if I hear a noise in the, in the, in the yard and the street, I go out and I look and I see what's going on. You know, I'm like the neighborhood cop, right? And um, I go back to bed and I go back to sleep. And uh, so I said, okay. I, went, I go to work. That day I come home from work. I go in the backyard. We had just had um, new well lines put in, right, from the, from the well to the house. So there was a patch of dirt that ran underneath our window that didn't have any grass on it. And I noticed there were floor claw marks in the dirt, like telling me, yeah, I was here, you know. Yeah, you, you, you were right. I was here last night. So I was like, okay. You know, and I'm like, why is this thing coming to my house? So then a couple of weeks go by, maybe a week or two. And again, um, I'm going, I'm going out to work. And I always carry a little pepper spray with me and like a little six inch pocket knife because in case of, um, you know, wild dogs tearing up the garbage or something, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a, a statistic. You know what I mean? I want to be able to fight my way out of being mauled. And, and my daughter's car was closest to the garage and it was my wife's, my son's and mine. I was the first guy out. So we were four cars deep and I go in the car early in the morning, you know, and I start the car. And as I turn around to go back in the house, 
I see something under my front deck. It looks like there's a shadow of something under my front deck. Uh-oh. Now, when I get up at five o'clock in the morning, we have a little outside cat we call Callie. She's like six pounds soaking wet, all right? But she's a killer. And I open up the sliding glass door and I feed her. And I close the sliding glass door. And then we got like three different locks on our door. So lock the door. Now, Callie is coming around the front of the house to use my wife's garden as a bathroom, right? And as she gets to the front, I see her coming around the house. And she gets to right to the... And she looks towards the garage door. And she sees something there. She jumps straight up in the air. And she runs up into the woods. Like, she sounded like a tank going through the woods. This little, like, five-pound cat. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's under there, but I'm going to look, right? So I flick open the knife. I got the pepper spray in my hand, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm getting closer to the deck. And closer I get to the deck, the sensor lights go on. Now they're blinding me. I'm trying to see what's under there. I see this shadow. As I get closer and closer, I hear a little voice in my head say, you should stop right here, Um, and you should go back inside. So I stop. Because I'm heeding the voice, you know. I'm not always follow uh, that voice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm heeding the voice, and I so I stop and I look, and I block the sensor lights out, and I'm really focused, and I see this humongous wolf-like head, and I think it was the the big one that was in the den looking south, and I see this it looks like a lion's mane around its chest. I don't see any eye shine. I don't see any teeth. I don't hear any growling. Nothing like that. I just see this giant silhouette under my deck. And I say, okay, um, I'm going to back out of here. And I start to back out because I'm only like one car length away from it at this point. And I start to back out and I go and I say, okay, should I get the, the dirty odd six out or something? Because I don't know, you know, this is... This is, I'm not happy about this thing being at my house, but I also know in the back of my head that whenever anybody goes to war with these creatures, it doesn't end well for them. So I'm debating in my head what I'm doing. I was like, you know what? My son, my son is here. My son-in-law is here. There's a, you know, million guns in the house. If something happens, they can take care of themselves. If I don't tell anybody anything, I get my tactical flashlight and I go out as I leave. I hit the the deck underneath the deck with the tactical flesh, like to see to get it to actually get eyes on it. Now there's nothing there. I had just put a new retaining wall up, and when I went over there, it had urinated all over my retaining wall, and there was this ammonia smelling, oil slick kind of urine on my wall, and I'm like, son of a, you know what? just pissed all over my brand new wall you know i'm not happy about that and i was like okay so i get in the car and i go to work i get to work like an hour early so i could wind down from the ride have my coffee read the paper and my wife calls me and she's hysterical and she's like you don't know what just happened and i'm like what happened she goes i went to open the sliding glass door to feed callie and the whole door came out of the frame and almost crushed me if Nick, my son, wasn't in the kitchen at the time with his mother, he caught the door and pushed it back up. She goes, I could have got killed. And I go, well, what are you opening the door for? You know, I feed the cat before I leave, you know? And she goes, well, the cat was there, so I wanted to feed her again. So I think while I was in the front looking under the garage, it had gone around to the back 
and was trying to pop that door out of its slide, you know. But because I have three different locks on it, it couldn't do it. But once you unlocked it, the door fell out. So I told my wife, I said, don't worry about it. I'm off tomorrow. I'll retract the door. You know, I'll put the door back on the tracks tomorrow. I'll take care of it, you know. Right. And she was like, okay. And um, so that's what I think it did. I think it came to my house and it said, you know where I live. Now, I know where you live, and you should you should stay away from my house, and I'll stay away from your house. And I got that message loud and clear, you know. The importance of listening to that little voice in your head. Now, we have talked about this numerous times on this show on how you have to pay attention to that voice. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is a... It is it is your life preserver of life. It really is. And I had to learn the hard way where I almost died in an ATV accident. Oh, jeez. And thankfully, I walked away unscathed. My ATV did not. It ended up 250 feet down a mountainside. Oh, my God. And But that entire way up the mountain that day, man, like the drive was 90 minutes away, that voice kept on saying turn around today's not a good day to ride today's not a good day to ride turn around you're giving these goosebumps telling me this story oh my god yeah and and 10 15 minutes into our ride is when the accident happened and long story short that voice if you didn't follow it what do you think would have happened that thing would have just slaughtered me underneath that deck boom you know, I don't think my little six inch light pocket knife and my pepper spray would have done anything to slow that creature down. Has it ever been back? No, it's never come back. And I've you- never gone back to its house either. No. So there's that mutual respect. Yes. I've been in the little area of the den, but I give it a wide girth when I go by. Do you think this creature haunts you? No, I don't think it haunts me. I think it was just letting me know that it knew where I lived. I think there's some kind of connection. Now, I don't know if I made a connection. If it was one of the two creatures that were I seen on the parkway, and we, when we made eye contact, we made some kind of connection. I don't know. I don't know if it was because... We found the den, and one of them, you know, bluff-charged us. And I don't know, but I think there's some kind of connection. Because I think once you make, once you have an experience with these creatures, whether it's a dogman or a Bigfoot or something like that, they connect with you somehow via your energy or your um, subconscious or whatever. And they know you from that point on, you know? I want to ask you, as time is winding down, and we'll continue, because okay. we got you for another 30 minutes here on the show, but I, I'd be remiss to ask you if you saw this photo recently outside a zoo in Texas. And this yeah. is this is a photo of what looks to be a dog-like creature walking on two legs on the outside of the zoo's perimeter fence. What do you think that is? 
I don't think that's, I think that's a guy in a costume. I looked at that photo really close and the arms and the legs are very, very thin, very thin, you know, and I don't think, um, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's more than six feet tall, five, six feet tall. So maybe if it is a real creature, it's a juvenile, but I don't see any muscle mass on it. And the head looks a little wrong too, to me. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. See, the head looks correct to me, but the legs look like a like a twelve year old or thirteen year old's legs. You know, I agree, absolutely. Legs. And the arms too. Yeah, the arms too. So I don't know what that is. I find it very interesting. I find it uh, one of those little mysteries that. We need to find out, you know? I yeah, mean, someone sent it to me and asked me, what do you think it's doing there if it's really a dog, man? I said, well, if it's outside a zoo, it's looking for food. That, that just made sense to me, you know? If you have these animals in these uh, penned-in areas, like, you know, gazelles or stuff like that, that are not in cages and they're running around, what's to say you can't jump that fence and go get something to eat? Well, I mean... It took place in Amarillo, and okay. the the question that I would ask is, were there any footprints? Because that's really the, okay. tell, the tall tale sign, and we haven't got that answer as of yet. Alfred, okay. we got you for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. We're going to get into Sasquatch next with Alfred Santariga and other, any other strange cryptid creatures that may come along the way. He's been rescuing, or researching, pardon me, cryptids and everything paranormal for over 50 years. We're glad he's here tonight. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. We had, you know what? You hit something right on the head with me, man. Uh, my friend who's in the chat room, the Lip Blade. Hi, Sadie Rowe. How you doing, buddy? Uh, the Lip Blade. He, him, and I were, oh geez, probably five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. We were driving around the logging roads at night, and my my son, who's eight, comes with me. And usually, about, uh, I'm going to say. Usually around 9.30, he falls asleep in my vehicle, okay? And he is zonked. And we, we come, we're on our way back, and we take this other trail up to where I've seen uh, moose before. And we come to this fork in the road, and we're debating, do we keep going up the road or do we turn around? And the lip blade gets hit big time with his intuition and is like, I don't think we should go up there. And just as you said, that little voice in his head was saying, and you said it exactly the way he said it, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, there's going to be something up there that we don't want to see. And, you know, so this triggered me when you said this, by the way, so I'm blaming you. So, okay. so we did the we did the proper thing. We turn around. Okay, 
we get back okay. we get back to the main logging road out of nowhere my son wakes up sits up says daddy it's time to go home because there's something bad out here or now you're giving me goosebumps oh, Dave right down to my oh, toes you're giving oh, me yeah. goosebumps if you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. He goes, it, no, he didn't say there's something bad. He said, it, He said, Daddy, it's time to go home. It's not safe for us here tonight. I think that's what it was. Uh, Lip Blade, if you're wow. still watching, uh, confirm with me in the chat room because him and I got freaked right out. And then my son falls right back asleep in the back like nothing oh ever happened. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. and I'm. Just, oh, I know. I know. Yes, I know. Yeah. A dirty filth. Uh, Tony in the UK is wondering why you put clips on the edges of your art. Oh, um, sometimes people use tape, but I just use these clips to hold it in there because uh, with watercolor, it soils the paper and then it starts to get it, it bends and warps with a lot of water to slop it on there. But that, that's why I use that so it holds the paper in place. And yes, sometimes people just put it right to their desk with uh, painter's tape. But right. It's easier to use these. I get them from work for free. Let's see that first one that you finished, if you don't mind. Bring, if you can bring it on up. I can't read that. <laughs> well, uh, my camera is not very good. That's okay. Uh, what does it say? What's Dogman saying? says, want to scare some humans? You just ask questions. You scratch their paint on their car? paint on their car, and I'll toss rocks at them. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, the lip blade has confirmed what my son said in the chat room. Yeah, that's crazy. And then he fell right back to sleep. That's the crazy part. Yeah. See, to me, that's the crazy part. Yeah. Dude, it was like all of a sudden he sits up, says, "Daddy, it's time for us to go home. It's no, it's not safe here for us." Right after the lip blade got hit with whatever the hell was up on that road, which was exactly what you just said. Oh, it's freaky, man. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's it's real. I mean, these things happen, you know. Like, I don't know if it's these creatures. Um, talking to me, mental telepathy, you know what I mean? Or if it's my guardian angel saying, you know what? Um, Don't go down this road tonight, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm I'm hoping to have that, those uh, experiences this this summer Um, because after my uh, ascension, I haven't had a chance to go out to my my locations, my hotspots, so um, I was told now that I had my ascension I should be able to. My mind is it's calmer. It's not so um, out of control, yeah. and I'll be able to make contact and actually have communication. You know, 
True. Instead of it just coming through in waves, yep. it'll come in a lot clearer now. Cool. So Lip Blade says, Dad, it's time to go home. It's not safe here. Less than five seconds later, he was fast asleep. Never ignore the wisdom of children. That's right. Here we go, everyone. Thank you, Donnie, Angel, Thomas, Vaughn, and Steven for the super chats. Really appreciate your love of the show. Here we go. the halfway point of Space Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Space Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Alfred Santariga. We have until the top of the hour. We're going to shift the focus here onto the crypto talk of Sasquatch. Because Alfred's used to chasing them on down, too. Alfred, I want to ask you a quick question here regarding Sasquatch. Have you ever had any encounters where you are close up to the creature and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose because there's UFOs flying over? No. Well, I've had, I've had, I've had experiences where the Sasquatch would come over to us and whoop and throw rocks at us to try to get us out of a location. And, of course, we don't leave. And then Sasquatch leaves. And then when we do leave, when, not, when like the, everything gets dies down and we decide to move to a, a second location, I've had – then we've had UFO experiences, but not right at the same time, no. Here's the reason why I asked that, okay, is last weekend when I told you the story about – my dream last weekend where I saw the gray and, and the, the black triangles. I, the, the lip blade and I got out of the forest at about one o'clock in the morning. We arrived back at my house. We were in the forest for four and a half hours. Uh, so wow. we, we set up a fire uh, close to our gifting site. We had zero action up until about 10 minutes before we put our fire out. It was about just it was about twelve fifteen when we put our fire out, and previous to that, about fifteen minutes beforehand, that's when we finally started hearing, you know, a few tree uh, like branches snapping in the woods, like something big was stepping on some tree branches that had fallen over, and and everything along those lines, and but we had nothing all night, and then get home at one o'clock in the morning, and. 2.55 a.m., I'm woken up because I just got back. That's why I asked you. <laughs> you just got back from where? Exactly. <laughs> if I knew, oh I would God. tell you. If I knew, I would tell you. But yeah, a lot of people that, seem crazy. to have that correlation. But what's it like getting rocks thrown at you? Um, 
just it's usually just little pebbles, you know, to let you know that they're there or that they may you may be in their way and they want to cross over and they don't want to cross over with you being in the way. Um, normally, the when we go to our sacred site, one of our sites, um, we have headlamps, but I used usually put um, glow sticks down around us. I put a, a circle of glow for ambient light. You know, I don't like to start any fires because I don't want to burn the woods down. And um, and what they'll do is they'll come down off the high ridge. Their home range is on the other side of the high ridge. And they'll come down off the high ridge and they'll surround us. Um, and they'll sometimes it's just one scout that comes down and sees what we're doing. Sometimes it's the big boys and they, they surround you and, and you know, it's the big boys because they let you know, it's the big boys. They stomp like a herd of elephants and the ground vibrates and you feel it go up your legs and through your chest. And it's, and that's just them walking, you know? So, you know, it's the big boys. And then what they'll do is they'll whistle and they'll whoop and, you know, sometimes they'll, uh, they'll do a knock or whatever, or they'll, they'll start throwing little rocks at us, but the rocks never, ever, come inside the circle of, of glow sticks. They always land on the outside. But when they're ready to hunt, they'll let you know it's time for you to leave. Like when we had one time where one of them grabbed a branch, it must have been a really big, fresh branch, and he snapped it, and it sounded like a 30-odd six going off by your ear. And at that point, you know, okay, it's they want us out of here, you know, and we, and we pack up and we leave. Because I guess they want to hunt, and 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 you know that. So we respect their uh, their uh, let. Uh, I always say they tolerate me, so we respect them tolerating me. You know, I don't want to push my uh, luck with them, so we leave when they want us to leave. But um, I've never let anybody go up on the ridge. I've never felt like I had the authority to go up on the ridge and look down onto the home, their home uh, range. But one night I did have a dream that there was a, a small footprint, like a, a child-sized footprint on the ridge. And I called Brian, and Brian says, oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go, you know, because he knew I was very adamant about nobody going up on that ridge. Just stay off that ridge. But to me, that was their way of saying, you can come up, to, you can come up on the ridge today because we want you to see this. And we went up there, and we did find the, the juvenile print, you know. And once we found the print, we got to we peaked we got to the peak of the ridge, and we were able to look down over the home uh, the home range, and it was you know it was very beautiful the, the where they were the, where they were, and Brian's like, should we go down? I was like, no, absolutely not. You know, we we were allowed to come up here, and it took years for them to allow us to come up the ridge. You know. I'm not going to uh, ruin my trust with them by going over and into their home range. So, but it was very exciting because we had never found a juvenile print, you know, so small print, really small, you know, and it was, it was a nice little footprint. Unbelievable. I'm going to ask you about footprints because for some reason, for some reason, we only ever find one print. And it always, like, 99% of the time seems to be a right footprint. 
Why, yes. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I would imagine it's got something to their right leg is their dominant leg. Um, it's funny you brought that up because I was out with a bunch of researchers from a little further north than my where I live. They took me out to one of their hot spots and they showed us all these structures. It was amazing stuff they have. And I was being pulled to the middle of the woods. Just, I don't know why. It was just, so I went to the middle of the woods and I got to this location and I turned around to these two women and I was like, what happened here? Something happened here. And they were like, don't move. We got to show you something. And they came over with a tablet and they had a picture of an alien standing right where I was standing. And somehow I was drawn right to that location. They were like, how the hell did you know this? And I was like, I don't, I just was being drawn here. And then I started being drawn up the hill and they're like, no, 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 we got to go down. I'm like, no, no, we got to go up. And we went up the hill and there was this giant, uh, like Creek, but it was like a ledge that went over the Creek. And I was like, we got to go on the other side of the ledge. And they're like, no, no, nothing can go over that ledge. Alex dropped straight down. And when I looked, there was a right footprint there, 17 inch footprint, like something jumped over this wall, landed on its wrestle, and then jumped down over the Creek, but just the right footprint. And I casted that. And I have that upstairs in my office. The one I casted, the one that Lip Blade and I casted, well, Lip Blade casted it, I watched. It was a right footprint. Right footprint, It was a right footprint. Uh, A couple years ago, when we found an 18-inch print and a 15-inch print, both were right feet. Like, I just, I don't understand it. It Yeah, we found knee prints. We found palm prints. We found palm of the foot. A couple, um, we found the right and a left, but the left was in the water, in the mud, in the lake, like it had stepped into the lake, but just on it, down at the tip of its toes. And the stuff we had couldn't cast in underwater, so we had to let that go. But that, that was the only one I, ever, I could ever remember being a left foot. There's so much mysterious about this creature, okay? The footprints that just end. You know, can it cloak itself, you know, and go into almost like predator mode from the movie Predator? Uh, you know, the right footprints, the 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 never finding a body, the the idea that, you know, it's hard to pick out the scat from bear scat or, or grizzly bear scat or, or, or something along those lines. I mean, there's so much about this creature that remains so debatable mm-hmm. why are we why are we putting ourselves through the punishment in trying to figure out what this thing is because it's our it's human nature to try to figure out what we've you know I when I first started out I always thought it was the missing link you know I said this is the missing link you know these these things are definitely part human and you know the Native Americans always said they were supernatural and who knew him better than Native Americans? So I always took that to heart. And uh, it's just who we, it's in our DNA. We need to know. It is. It's fucking incredible. Oops. No, oops. oops. <laughs> well, I better. Uh, That's your own show, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I better mark that time down, you know. <laughs> 
boy, that's a first. That's an absolute yeah. first there. But let's move on. I mean, with it, okay, the fact that we are trying to solve this mystery and and we are trying to solve what went on and how this goes on, have you been able to find any patterns that really, really push your limits as to what this creature is? Yeah, um, you know, like I'm past tree knocks and footprints and pictures and all of that stuff. Um, like I was telling you privately, I'm more into when I go out investigating these creatures or just investigating in general. Um, I'm more into uh, L- um, the elements, reading, getting element readings, and I have two two pieces of equipment. One piece. Uh, registers 250 different uh, readings and one does 2,500 so when I go out and I put all this equipment up and and I'm doing all this environmental stuff you know and uh, and then I try to I try to duplicate it the next time I go, or if I do and I am able to duplicate it then the next time I go out I try something different to try to change it up and you know, once you start playing with these things, um, frequencies and vibrations and stuff like that, you open up Pandora's box. And um, I think that's the, 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 the truth of the matter is everything in the paranormal is connected. And I'll just leave it at that. I think you're very right. And you know what? I really do believe this is what the government is starting to study is that the phenomena is all connected and that's what's scaring them. I think they studied it for 25 years on Skinwalker Ranch when Bigelow owned it. You know, God only knows what kind of uh, information they have, you know, in the vault. Very true. Very true. So for you, What's the closest encounter with a Sasquatch you've had? Well, I've had one that was a kid down in South Florida. I had one um, about uh, a car's length away from me, you know, in the middle of the road. And, uh, you know, that was pretty scary. You know, a 12-year-old kid, I was, I had night terrors for years because this creature was not happy, you know, and, uh, so it was just, it was a scary summer down in South Florida. I want to get into the whole story because it's, it's a long drawn out story, but I mean, I mean, car length away is pretty close, you know, I've had one come up behind me at the sacred site. I was there with a friend of mine who's a alphabet agency guy and he had his night vision goggles and he was looking North and I was looking South and he, every time he pulled his goggles up, he's seen one get, First, it was like 15 feet away. Then it was like seven feet away. Then it was belly crawling up to me. It literally could grab me and run off of me. And he was freaking out, you know. And I was like, dude, relax. We're at the sacred site. This is just a scout. He just wants to know what we're doing here. Don't worry about it. And then, um, you know, I try to calm everybody down. And then I got up casually, like with my uh, camera to try to get a, a photo of it, you know, video of it. And as soon as I turned around, boom, it was gone. I don't know where it went. I don't know if it jumped 40 feet away and was hiding behind a tree or if it just went into a, 
a riff and hole, a dimension, and went, you know, ended up back at the other, on the other side of the ridge. I don't know, but it wasn't there. Because I went and looked for it, and it wasn't there. But I think it was a juvenile. It was about a seven-footer. Um, he said it was, it was you know, seven-foot. He would say, he, if he was judging it, it was probably about 500 pounds, something like that. So I was like, oh, if it's only 500 pounds, it's a juvenile. It's not one of the big boys. Could you imagine? Could you? Yeah, I wish I wish it would have been me sitting facing north with the night vision goggles and not him. But I guess we were there for him to have the experience, you know, and he had the experience. So, you know, he was blown away by it. No kidding. No kidding. You know, a lot of people always say, you know, did it smell? No. And no. How often is the smell actually there? When they want you to to to, to know they're there, I, I think the smell is a, the warning, uh, some kind of warning thing. If not for to warn us, they're getting too we're getting too close to them, or to warn others that there are humans in the area. You may want to stay hidden, you know. Especially if we're out in the woods during hunting season, you know, we got guns on us. Okay, so when you go out looking for Sasquatch, do you prefer doing it? During the daytime or the nighttime? <laughs> I do both. I like go. I like doing the day night investigation whenever I go out, and I like going old school, new school. I like doing ITC stuff. I like doing the old stuff like they did back in the days with the dowsing rods and the quartz crystals and the Tibetan singing bowls, and, and it just I, you know, and it. And everything works to a certain extent. If the ITC stuff is not working, then the old school stuff is working. If the old school stuff isn't, then the ITC stuff is. Because they don't always work, you know what I mean? So, Well, let me expand on that. For those of us who are extremely amateur into this, and we're out in the forest, and let's say we find a footprint, doesn't mean that's a Sasquatch area. It means that it, it could be a path. It could be a window into another dimension or portal or, or whatever it may be. What do you look for in order to see if you are in Sasquatch territory? I usually get a vibe. I get a feeling that um, it's 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 a sacred area or something to that effect, you know, and it may be. Native American. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out of pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. In, in nature, in the Sasquatches have just taken it over, or it could be both, but I, I get a vibe. And then once I, once I get a vibe, like when I was being drawn to that den, and I'll start seeing stuff, you know, the obvious stuff, the structures, the breaks, the bends, the twists of the And then once you start finding that, you know, it's just you know when you're when you're in the middle of all of that stuff and Karen's, you know, little Karen set up all over the woods. 
Um, only where like billy goats can go, you know, like a billy goat had to go up in that mountain to put that thing up there. And when you, when you find locations like that, then, you know, you're in, you're in a good location. Now they may not be there all the time. They may migrate through. I believe that they, they migrate in a, in a, in a circular motion, a, a big, they have a big migration path. Um, and so that they don't, eat all the food in one area all the time. You know what I mean? So it may take them six months to get back to where you are. But um, you find a place like that, then you, you found a good place to hunker down. Alfred, we got about four minutes left with you tonight. Tell us a quick, another Sasquatch story. Okay. I was driving along the park one, one day I was driving North home from my cousin's house. It had rained in the morning and they were doing construction on the, on the parkway. And there's power line cuts that run across and there's uh, like a shed up on top of the hill and there's this giant stone. And every time I go by it, I always look. I don't know why, but I always look. And across from that is a swamp. And one day I was driving down, going back home, and I seen what looked like a 12-foot Sasquatch sitting on this rock, sunning himself. It was like red. He looked like he was auburn color. Like I said, it had rained that morning, and it looked like he was sitting on the on this giant rock underneath the power lines, just getting sun, drying himself, and watching the construction guys. So I called Brian, and Brian's like, you got to turn around. I said, I can't. They're doing construction. They got to turn around clothes. Um, but we did go back. And what I thought was like this tiny rock, because this creature looked so big on it, when we got up there, this rock was like the size of a, a 1970s station wagon. It was huge. But it made that rock look small. And then there was one other time I'm driving down the parkway at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to work. And I see two red balls of light looking at me. And I couldn't make out. I didn't have no, I couldn't make out what the hell it was. And I'm like, what is that? What what are these two red balls? And I start to slow down. I start to slow down. I start to slow down. And there's like a lake there. The summertime, there's a lake camp. And as I get close to it, I see this white Sasquatch leaning against a tree and he's waiting for me to go by so he can run across the parkway. Like never in my wildest imagination did I ever think I would see a white Sasquatch. And I went by that location every day for a week to try to debunk it. Was it ice on a rock? You know, was these red stuff sap and all kinds of stuff. And it was what it was because when I finally got past it, I looked in my rearview mirror again. I hit the, I tapped the brakes to light it up behind me, and I seen it run across the parkway, you know. And uh, it was just mind-boggling to see oh something like that, like a white Sasquatch. I never thought in my wildest imaginations I would ever see anything like that. No, for sure, man, for sure. I mean, a white one—that's that's rare. That is, yeah. Rare. I mean, it's just. Now, I don't know if it was because it was in the wintertime and it had changed, you know, colors or if it was just older. I don't know. But, um, you know, I know people that live in that area, that hunt in that area, that have been chased out, you know, by creatures. And they don't hunt there anymore, you know. So um, they're there. And uh, this one was white. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, uh, unbelievable amazing. You know, like if... You would think you knew what a Yeti looked like. That's what this thing would look like. You know, that would be a typical Yeti. Yeah, for sure. 
my friend, we yeah. got about one minute left with you tonight. And I was wondering if you could share with us where our fans can find your research and your podcasts. And, Cause I know you work with Brian Bowden and he has like 4,700 podcasts that he's putting <laughs> on 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes. Brian has a lot of podcasts, but never actually gets to do them because he's always in some kind of a uh, uh, jail for a uh, social media jail. But um, you can find me on Facebook. You're at the Bronxville paranormal society. We have a group page. We have a web page. Um, or any of the pages on Facebook, the New York State Dogman, uh, the North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter, the New York State UFO Project, or the uh, New York State Sasquatch Organization. Or you could just reach out to me personally if you have any questions. I don't have any problem answering anything from anybody. Alfred, absolute pleasure to do this with you tonight. Thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio. It is always a pleasure to have you here, my friend, and we're going to do it again soon. Alfred Santorini, I'm not worthy. Anytime you want to come on, bud, just let me know. Thank you. Swamp Dwellers next, followed by Nicole Sackage, who teased her hair tonight to make it look as good as mine for the UFO report. All in hour number three next. Great job, Alfred. Great job. Thank you, my friend. And uh, I'm just going to quickly step away for a bathroom break, and then we will be right back with Swamp Dweller. We'll load up Dirty Filth here because he's the man, the myth, and the legend all rolled into one. And we go from there. Throw the cartoonist under the bus once again. I think I've almost done this. <clears throat> it's a Japanese strangling rope. I hope I spelled everything right. I was going to try to spell it in Japanese, but I tried two or three times and I was like, no. I, I just can't, can't pull it off. So I'm just going to draw it the way it is. I set it up so I could see the chat room. Look, there's Super Duke and a whole bunch of other people. I can't do what Dave does. I apologize, everybody. You just have to enjoy me drawing cartoons.
Eh, he's a ghost. He's double-jointed. Why not? That's what we're going to go with. It's not actually a ghost. He's a piece of fabric. Well, hope everybody's Friday's working out pretty good. Thanks for hanging out at Space Out Radio. Dave will be back momentarily. I'm back now. Probably. Oh, he's back now. Apparently, everybody. I figured you're going to be chasing dogs now. around the neighborhood. Dave got abducted. That was a quick abduction, Dave, because. You were less than a couple minutes there, so. Well, hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go, man. Yep. It's the big bush, Dave. One second. All right, we got 20 seconds. Thank you to Vaughn, Donnie, Angel, Thomas, and Stephen for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. And uh, we're going to get going here momentarily on Spaced Out Radio. And here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, 
and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Ultradian. Ultradian is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head into the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story for us. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hi Swamp Dweller, my name is Glenn. I live in southern Louisiana all the way south. I won't give an exact location, but it's about an hour from Baton Rouge and two hours from New Orleans. I have lived here all my life. I grew up hunting and fishing ever since I could hold a gun in a fishing pole. I thought I had seen every animal that they had to see in the woods, never believed in Dogman or Bigfoot. Well. Now, my friends, I can tell you with 100% certainty, they exist. Where I live, I own 58 acres of about half hardwoods and swampland. Well, my encounter happened around two years ago. See, where I live in, it's in the woods, in a trailer behind my mother's house. I have no driveway. It's a dirt path that runs through a small section of woods that separates my house from my mom's. Well, anyways, it was 4am, when I got up to go to work, I got dressed and was getting ready to leave. I went to let my dog out to do his business. He is a 145 pound pit bull, named Bear, and he was acting very weird. He would just stand in the doorway and growl and whine. He would not go out, and when I went to leave he kept trying to get between me and the door. So I just pushed past him and started walking up to my truck. It was still dark, and all I had was a keychain light, and it was not bright, barely enough to light up the path. As I started my way up to the path, something just didn't feel right. It's hard to explain. It's like the air was heavy if that makes any sense at all, and all I could smell was this musky, piss smell. I kept walking, and kept going forward, trying to brush it off. It's about 275 yards away from my house at this point, where my truck is parked. About halfway through the wooded part, I could hear something walking behind me crunching leaves. Every time I could stop, I would hear it abruptly stop as well. I would shine my light, and I could see these two greenish-yellow eyes about four and a half feet off the ground. The hair instantly stood up on the back of my neck and this wave of fear came over me. Like I said, I have hunted and killed everything around here. 
I don't by any means scare easily. I have even jumped in the water on a seven-foot gator's back, slit its throat, but this thing scared the hell out of me. I can't explain why at this time, but all I could see was its eyes and didn't know what it was. I just knew it was big and somehow projected fear. I was so scared I slowly just realized I couldn't move at all. As I'm standing there, shining my really crappy light on this thing, it starts to slowly come my way. It took everything I had to get my legs to work. I turned around and ran as fast as I could. As I am running, I can hear this thing behind me, its feet making a loud pounding sound. I know this sounds crazy, but I could feel this thing hot, rancid, meat-smelling breath on my back of my neck. I don't know how, but I made it out of the wooded part of the path. I had about 45 yards to go to get to my truck. I'm fumbling to get my keys out of my pocket. Thank God the car was unlocked. I jumped in my pickup truck and immediately hit the lights. It was parked facing the woods. When I light up the path, I just about peed my pants. If I would have needed, I would have. It was a creature out of my worst nightmare. Just thinking about this thing is giving me chills as I'm writing this. This thing was at least seven to eight feet tall. It kind of looks like a werewolf from the movie Silver Bullet. It just stood there on its back legs looking at me. This thing was huge. It would make any heavyweight bodybuilder jealous. I grabbed my phone to try to get a picture, but by the time I got my phone unlocked and on the camera, it had backed up into the woods. I snapped a picture, but all you could see was a blurry black shape. I called my mom and told her to make sure the doors were locked and she had the shotgun by her side. I couldn't tell her what I had really saw. I said I saw someone in black creeping around. I've only told this to one other person, and they didn't know it, but I know they think I'm crazy. So I just keep my mouth shut about it now. I know this beast could have caught me, but it didn't. I think it just wanted to scare the crap out of me or something. I think it somehow feeds out the fear it causes. It's been two years since this happened. I haven't seen it since. But a few times I have heard a scratching on the side of my trailer. Sometimes I hear the coyotes howling and yipping. Then I hear this deep wolf sounding howl. And the coyotes shut up. And there are no wolves in Louisiana. So I know what it is. I'm just starting to go into the woods again. But never before daylight. And never without a rifle or a shotgun. Or at least a pistol. Anyone who wants to seek these creatures out, I beg that you don't. It could ruin your life. Be safe in the woods, and God bless. Yeah, never go searching for dog man. They'll end up finding you. Oh, I hope I never see one. I know I will, but I hope I never see one. Thank you to the Swamp Dweller for coming on in and hitting us up with another amazing story. Swamp Dweller's heard here every Monday through Friday, and we love it when he comes on. You can follow him as well. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can hit subscribe on his channel. He literally has thousands of these stories from people just like you who've had amazing encounters. All right, let us get to the unbiased UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
right, we are joined by Nicole Sackage tonight for the unbiased UFO report. She's looking like she's ready for a night on the town in Vegas, teased hair, and ready to rock and roll on some UFO talk tonight. Nicole, I'll get you to unmute your microphone, and how are you doing, my... When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Ice tea knows iced tea, which is why I get my iced tea at Raising Cane's. We're both fresh all day. Sometimes we're sweet. Sometimes we're unsweet, Jack. So chill out with your favorite iced teas this summer at Raising Cane's. One love. Good friend. You know, after five days of being back from Florida, I am beat from work, and I am happy to be here. It's Friday night, TGIF, everyone. It's good to have you back as well. How are you, Dave? I am doing great. I am am doing fantastic, and I uh, had a great show already tonight with our good friend Alfred Santariga out of the you uh, out of New York about Dogman and Sasquatch and oh excuse me NASA and I'll tell you that man is on the ball he is on the ball with everything and, and I was listening <laughs> I was listening just a little bit while I was teasing my hair just you know so I could catch it catch up and be filled in <laughs> all right I gotta ask you. You know, NASA comes out with this report regarding they're now going to spend a hundred grand over the next nine months to investigate and put together their own UFO team to see what's happening up in space. Because, hey, after 70 years, apparently they've got nothing. Nothing, Nicole. What's new on this? They, they don't have nothing. They don't know what they have. That's how I'm looking at it. And I'm I'm on the positive side. That's money towards our cause and very smart people looking into it and wanting to take it seriously. Despite the, what was it? Despite reputational risk. So that's, I'm just a cook, Dave. So I, I don't have much of a reputational risk clause in what I do. So, you know, I live so on the edge. (laughs) I understand with what you're saying and everything, but, you know, like I said in the Dave 101 previously regarding this subject, there is a lot that NASA has been accused of over the years. Hushing astronauts, white uh, whitewashing photos that may or may not have ufos or other things that are anomalous on their photography they've been accused of cutting feeds when things get a little too close to the international space station or the shuttle program when they had that so i'm just curious you know i understand the what you're saying that anytime this subject is brought up it should be positive but i'm just dumbfounded by this whole NASA news that, you know, you have former astronaut Bill Nelson who is coming on out and saying, hey, we're going to start taking this stuff seriously, even going as far as saying he believes it's extraterrestrial. But on the flip side, 
I'm just curious regarding the opinion of whether or not we should be giving NASA a break on this. Yes. I'm just going to be so bold and go ahead and say yes. In light of the hearings that we had a few weeks ago and this um, new effort by the OMSIG, did I say it right? (laughs) Former UAPTF office, you know, moving forward, they do want to collaborate with NASA and NOAA and other scientific and academic entities. So I look at it as a positive thing, but we've said it here before on Spaced Out Radio on roundtables, NASA has skeletons in their closet. Whether they want to play the dumb game or not, if so, shame on them. Dig into it. Transparency is the name of the game, right? So out with it. If they collaborate and discover something, if they have discovered things have disappeared in the past, then move forward in the best way possible and release what you can. Testify at the hearings. I think there was a comment in our chat room earlier tonight that stated what we should allow is give immunity to astronauts and have them appear in front of Congress to let Congress know what they have seen. Is that something that we could see? Because many astronauts, even ones that are alive today, have been very vocal about things anomalous that they have seen while in outer space. Right, right. And, I mean, we've heard immunity tossed around, and I don't mean that in any flippant way. I'm uh, for that as a way to move forward as an avenue. We've talked about it being, you know, government, you know, whether it's uh, AFOSI officers or people like Lou, um, and other sorts of investigators, whether it's Kit Green or scientists like Gary Nolan or Eric Davis, you know, we all toss around immunity when we talk about them. So why not the former astronauts? I mean, look at what um, the former astronaut did for our community, Edgar Mitchell and the Free Foundation and all he came forward with. So I think at the end, they they th- feel it's humanity, which is part of our community's message. You know, when you listen to experiencers, it's not this country, that country. <laughs> We're all earthlings, which brings us to more news to cover tonight with the article with uh, on Twitter. Could you believe that one about the U.S. Naval Institute? What they tweeted, like yeah. <laughs> And this this is from a a a recognized uh, Twitter account. So uh, you know it's yeah. got the blue check mark. <laughs> U.S. Naval Institute. I'll read this for our audience. Since hashtag UFOs are trending following NASA's announcement that it is launching a study of unidentified aerial phenomena, it is interesting to note that Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev agreed in 1985 that the U.S. and Russia would unite to fight any hostile aliens. That, to me, is a little bit out of left field, Nicole. 
I don't know. How old were you in the 80s when when all of this was happening? Like, I might have a very childhood, like, jaded view of how Reagan is or this time, this era with uh, space. What did he call it? Space. Uh, it was straight from Star Wars, which kind of made people go, what? <laughs> well, I was 12 years old. At the time when Reagan said that, so you know me not being American, I don't I don't care about the politics about it. I care about the UFO side right. of it. But and that's what uh, I'm meaning. Like it was just space related. It wasn't necessarily the politics side. It's as as you're older, you realize the politics at hand, and it was monumental, and also turned into a monumental thing to deal with later so well it's not a good safe way to put it well what what is your thoughts about the u.s naval institute making this strange tweet to get into the conversation well the navy isn't surprising and honestly when we're talking about reagan and gorbachev and the 80s and what we know about crash retrievals in both countries. Like if you look into Roswell, you naturally kind of follow the trail that led not only the Roswell investigating crews later to look into Russia, but other people too, like George Knapp and others like Jamie Foxx. And I'm sure Donald Schmidt, you know, they pay attention to this form of ufology so it would be interesting now that the Navy being so involved in ufology in the U.S. that they would be saying this about Russia in kind of a neutral way. Like, hey, remember that nice moment with those guys if this happens? I, I could see a behind the scenes like, hey, I think you're cool. You think I'm cool? <laughs> Let's lay it out. I'm interested. If the big if, like I think that's sort of hopeful in a way where I often say ufology is going to unite the world. So why couldn't it unite Reagan and Gorbachev behind the scenes? Well, I'm pretty sure it did. But the idea behind it is the fact that, you know, that comment is almost 40 years old. And the fact that it would be brought up today, I don't know. It just it doesn't sit very well with me. Either somebody was playing games at the U.S. Naval Institution and thought they would be kind of cute and sassy with it, or there's something more to it. I mean, hey, I, I, I have been known to read between the lines before, <sighs> and I know it seems like it's a little bit... Um, do you think really it would be like a cute and sassy like Twitter? Like, I know there are very young men and women in the Navy. So would would they be? Would they have access to think that that would be a prank? Because honestly, in this PC day, this is this is a, a big deal for the Navy. They have money invested in this, and well, I I get that. I get that. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand it. 
I guess that's what I'm saying. We got about two and a half minutes before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. The unbiased UFO report with Nicole Sackage on tonight. Nicole, there's something really, really strange. Well, this will probably end up, we'll talk about it mostly uh, on the other side of the break as well. But there's this company out there called <laughs> Saucerco. Oh, I know, I know. And they are causing a ton. This is a clothing apparel company that does UFO stuff. Basically what they've done is they have copied NASA's logos and put their own UAP on there and unidentified aerial phenomena. And then what they did was they went and trademarked UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena on all apparel. And now they are going out and busting all sorts of UFO websites that have their own (laughs) stores that have created their own UAP product, and they are getting them to take their swag off their stores. Okay, you know, I operate in a very do-this-for-free sort of world of phenomenology. <laughs> in the other side of my life, you know, ca- capitalism isn't necessarily bad. So there is sort of this side of me that's like, good for those guys, like, or gals, or whoever honestly kind of thought to do that it's like untapped thing go go for gold i'm i'm kind of sad i didn't think of it and now i'm now i'm starting to think of other things that maybe should be looked into so you know to, to each their own in in noble ways and you know Fair ways. Well, let's get All for it. let's get back to it when we return from the break on Spaced Out Radio, because their one tweet ha- on the trademarks has over three hundred thirty nine comments from people uh-huh. in the UFO field. We're going to read some of them and their statement when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Dirty Filth is drawing the art on YouTube and Twitch. Cole Sackage filling in on the unbiased ufo report we will be back on spaced out radio when we return for the final half hour all right we're clear dirty filth i didn't say hello earlier i'm sorry hi how's it going it's going Hair's looking quite on point. Thank you, thank you. Inky face going on there. Love it. I'm sure. I'm sure your bald head is looking roundish tonight and fabulous. It's, it's actually a little scruffy. I've I've got a lot of hobo going on. <laughs> hey, I. Uh... <laughs> What, hold on, I gotta see. I gotta. I gotta ask you right now. What's the yummy report on the ketchup chips? Ooh, <laughs> honestly, 
I'm having all these weird kind of creative thoughts with them. I'm like, they need to be laid out on a sheet tray and stuff needs to be put on them. And then they need to be heated up. Like kind of nacho chip style. That's, that's pretty interesting. But I don't know how to quite chefy that up yet. So <laughs> to be continued. And I still have uh, two of the three left. So the experimenting is continuing. The The boy was like, Sorry, he tasted it, so I I pretended like I did. But um, (laughs) then said it tasted like a cold French fry with ketchup. So there you go, exactly what it should be: ketchup potato chip, ketchup chips. You Canadians are so not as strange as you think you should be with ketchup chips. That might just be off the mark. What about the cheesies? (laughs) Pickle chips. You drink no, pickles, so eat pickle chips and vinegar ones. Then salt and vinegar. Those are all great concoctions here. Do you have those here or up there? Yeah, we got plain old salt and vinegar. But what, what about the cheesies, man? You got to tell me about the cheesies. You can't leave me hanging. They were a big hit. They made it through the car ride down to Florida. So they were like the go-to snack. And so it was, yeah, it was like... Orange and everyone's fingers. got right by their pocket. It's just like a little scuff of cheese stuck there. <laughs> no, I'm sure the underneath the car seat needed to be clean. I don't know what they make those things uh, reinforced with, but they will not. It. Those and McDonald's French fries just never decompose. Have you ever noticed that? You'll find one like a hundred years later and be like, yep. Good luck cockroaches living through the apocalypse. Get McDonald's French fries and Canadian cheesies beating you out on that one. Or like Taco Bell shredded cheese that falls down the crack of your seat because you can't wait to get home. <laughs> right, Dave? Sure. He's got no comment. <laughs> I used to work at a KFC Taco Bell when I was 16, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was when they first started mashing restaurants up. It's or quick service fast food restaurants like that. That was so strange back in the day. Now it's not so odd. Chicken and tacos. All right, we got about uh, 90 seconds here, guys. 90 seconds. Hmm. Hey, I did um, send that tweet (laughs) to a few of my former Navy, retired Navy friends. Hey, how come you're not my friend? They got a lot of flags and horns up and woohoos and some excitement back, honestly, that I didn't quite understand. (laughs) All right, okay, I'm going bad. quiet. I'll be so back. There you go. All right, Phil. We got 45 seconds. I 
I want to say a big thank you tonight to Cat Chaser, Vaughn, Donnie, Angel, Thomas, and Stephen for the amazing Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support of all of you. Thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways for us, all the new members who have hit the subscribe button. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. And don't forget, you can do all your shopping at spacedoutradio.com and check out our amazing swag that we have for you guys, stuff that is not going to be ruining any trademarks anytime soon. Here we go with the final half hour. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire, checking out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Nicole Sackage and the Unbiased UFO Report. We're talking about this weird story that has absolutely lit up Twitter because a company brand new to the UFO field called SaucerCo, they have trademarked UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena on apparel. And the company released this statement after getting absolutely shredded on YouTube and on podcasts and on Twitter itself. So it's a two-part statement. They go on to say, we are not suing anyone. We are not asking for any monetary compensation from any UAP or un-I-C-Nose-Ice-Tea, which is why I get my iced tea at Raisin Cane's. We're both fresh all day. Sometimes we're sweet. Sometimes we're unsweet, Jack. So chill out with your favorite iced teas this summer at Raisin Cane's. One love. It's another hurricane season. And right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. Identified aerial phenomena t-shirts on drop shipping websites. Our legal team recently reached out to several drop shipping companies and made them aware of our various registered trademarks since counterfeit saucer products have emerged in recent months. Our registered trademarks, UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena, not phenomenon, phenomena are registered solely for apparel saucer is an apparel company since we started we focused on apparel and have met many great people as a result 
We understand the frustrations of those who may have been affected. However, we're not looking to sue or take anyone to court. As an apparel company focused on UFO-inspired products, obtaining registrations for UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena was an idea we initiated years ago. According to various dropshipping platforms, several uses of the terms on apparel are considered infringements on our registered trademark. Once the dropshipping platforms were made aware of our trademarks, they acted accordingly. Our registered trademarks for UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena do not extend past apparel. As a company, we are legally obligated to enforce our registered trademarks. At the end of the day, Saucer is an apparel company founded by three young entrepreneurs with a passion for the UFO mystery. We are not looking to upset anyone or destroy anyone's work. We are all inspired by the same mystery. We've just decided to show our enthusiasm through apparel and have built a successful company around that. We do apologize to those who are upset about their t-shirt listings being taken down from drop shipping platforms. So what a lot of people don't understand, even our own store on our website, is we use a dropship company, we use Printify, and we can make our own t-shirts, like what I'm wearing tonight, my Team Lazar t-shirt, you know, in honor of Bob Lazar. And we have the ability to, so if somebody goes to our website and purchases a t-shirt, it gets automatically shipped to them. That way we don't have to carry any stock and we don't have to carry anything. But there's a lot of these podcasts and UFO websites that have their own store. And they, in order to try and create a little bit of revenue for themselves created UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena t-shirts. Well, that is now a no-no. Nicole, there's a big argument happening on Twitter regarding this because the term UAP in the argument should not be trademarked because it is a government word for what we are studying. And a lot of people are arguing about this, that even though it is for apparel, they shouldn't be able to trademark something along those lines. It's like trademarking the word hockey or trademarking uh, the word potato chip. Um, well, then it'll be fun while it lasts, and that'll play out in courts. I mean... If somebody feels that strongly about it, then, you know, play it out that way. How how long are they going to have this startup? Will they sell it? You know, maybe it's all sorts of things happen when <laughs> things like this go on. So and I, I'm sticking with what I said earlier. I sort of think it's clever and... I know it's going to make some people mad and maybe put them in a tight spot. But, I mean, do we really like UAP anyways? Can't we just stick with UFO? <laughs> well, let me let me bring this up here. I, I want to read some of these tweets that people yeah. have, have stated to them. Uh, John K. Young. 
I object strongly to your trademarking a common term in long use. It doesn't belong to you, and I don't think this legal fiction of yours will stand up in a weak breeze, let alone in court. Your arrogance is why so many in the UAP community will not support your company. John Greenwald from the Black Vault. You are legally obligated to enforce your trademarks? Oh, stop. You guys targeted people who were not infringing on your designs or intellectual property, but rather they used three words used since at least 1949, and they should be considered non-copyrightable or trademarkable. And here go and follow up. Uh, this is a follow up from an earlier tweet, which is when in doubt, just blame the legal team and say you are obligated to file DCMA claims to target independent artists. Hashtag UFO Twitter. You should you've never shown such unity. And after reading the responses below, you've restored my hope that maybe there is still a UFO community left. Uh, Andrew Pierce, you do realize that there are other organizations and businesses out there not linked to UFOs that use the acronym UAP, right? Will you be going after these two? Will they not be allowed to put their logos on staff uniforms or branding now? And he put examples of companies that are out there. Uh, Erica Lukes, who's been on this show. Give me a break. If you cared about the subject, you wouldn't pull this crap. And uh, let's go to Michael Huntington, another guest on this show. What if I wanted to? What if I wanted to produce T-shirts with the term UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena? Will you sue me? Well, let's move on. Dan Sederstrom from the Signal. Please take all of us artists to court. Please, I want to see the judge laugh you out of the courtroom as we take your trademark and rip it up, handling it rightfully to the public domain. Let's move on. UFO Costa Rica. Let's get let me get this straight. You coined and registered as your trademark a phrase and acronym that existed way before your company was even born in February 2019. Not only morally wrong, but seems deceitful as well. The term UAP is not your intellectual property. Shame. So I mean, this is some of the of the uh, support, if we could call it that. That they are getting it. And, you know, John Greenwald from the Black World Vault, Nicole, is very right in the fact that they are it's, yeah. they are actually uniting ufology for once because of the idiocy of this fledgling company. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, it's a shame that we're united against something that's you know, not necessarily positive, but I, I I agree with everybody that you read a tweet from in in a sense that I have respect for them. And like he's Greenwald was very smart in his comments, and I'm sure this will play out like like I said a few minutes ago. If the next step is taking this to court to get this to play out, then so be it. But honestly, it's one of those truly unenforceable things. Who, who made the t-shirt comment? Erica, Luke's, like if you, anybody can, can I make a t-shirt and put UAP on it? Yeah. Make whatever you want. 
But like you or other people that have these stores, like you said, it might be something they may or may not choose to come after you for. Well, you know, I'm I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to this. This is some nice drama woo here that we haven't had in a long time regarding <laughs> regarding this topic. To be absolutely blunt and and I am very much, you know, I think this company is probably being smart in the fact that this is a good way to get their name out there. It's I mean, hey, Bad press is sometimes just as good as good press. So they're probably going to sell some product over it, number one. And number two, people are on podcasts and radio shows and YouTube channels are talking about it like we are right now. And number three, even if they say, okay, we'll give in, we're going to let the UFO uh, properties and, and fledgling artists, you know, use it. And we're going to drop the trademark. The fact is, people are now going to know who they are. Mm. For as long as we talk about them. Maybe. Maybe longer. Maybe longer. Mm. 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 All right. I don't, I don't know. It's like getting riled up over the YouTube wars and the gossip side of that drama in the community. Like I really, this is what we're going to fight over (laughs) or unite over both. Like there's, I think there's other ufotainment money, odd things in our community that are worth rallying around as opposed to, this so like i said it speaks just a little bit to my 80s capitalism is a good thing sort of thinking all right let's move on again here as we got one final topic for tonight regarding ufos on the unbiased ufo report and this one goes to Congress earlier this week, this was kind of slipped through where there were a bunch of notes from Dr. Eric Davis on the Wilson documents that seemed to be released publicly from Congress in the United States. Now, a lot of people have haven't really talked about this publicly, Nicole. What's going on with these notes? Well, it's. I'm trying to go to the website right now. Did you want to pull it up? That's what I asked you that earlier, but if you don't want to, it's on congress.gov. Is that the website? That's- and there's 15 pages. <laughs> Which isn't it just the official entry of the Wilson documents into record, well, and, which is exciting from the hearings. There we go. Now, these are the notes of Dr. Eric Davis going back to October 16th, 2002. Yay. Which, you know, I, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to not be like, ooh, so exciting. Like, I truly think this is monumental. And it's somewhat on a personal level for me because it is like, it's around the time when I, 
was first diving in really a lot with Grant. You know, we had known each other for about six months and we were talking about experiences and things like that back and forth. And he asked me to do the Stanton Friedman files. And then it kind of rolled into the Wilson documents and how it came out. And it was just so exciting. So to see it go to this level and now, I mean, if you find it on the internet, it's official, right? <laughs> that sort of way of thinking. But it is sort of, it's there. Everybody can see it now across the entire world. And that makes me so happy. I, I want to ask Grant officially if that's how he feels. Because I know that's something he does talk about with his work a lot is, and not just this, because this was important to him and is important to him, but uh, just to see it like this and, you know, with how Dolan even talked about how to release it and others. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Bravo. It, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of names dropped in these notes. From Admiral mm -hmm. Wilson to Oak Shannon to, you know, people we're not even yeah. going to know as of yet. Maybe those, uh, you know, Admiral Jacoby, who replaced, uh, I believe, Admiral Wilson. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, Eric Davis. Um, Will Miller, another one who is out there. Yeah. I mean, this is this is very big. You know, and, and you know, I, I have always kind of stayed away and shied away from the Wilson documents, but you know, I, for people who don't understand what the Wilson documents are, Nicole, explain why they are important right. to ufology and this moving forward. Um, the discussion at hand, it touches on crash retrievals, I think is very important to some a big part of our community. I think another part is that it was Eric Davis and who he works for, who he's been attached to. And then on the political nuts and bolts side of this, or should I say the cloak and dagger government side of this, you do have that anthology that we've seen that the best of the researchers have been saying they keep hitting this wall and coming across. And it's something we've heard these modern players, you know, coming out like Lou and Mellon and the guys in TTSA or TSA. There is a bottleneck of information. There are people stopping others from getting information. And like Grant Cameron says, even the president might not get all the information he needs. And so when you see this over and over and over again, and you see this pattern, and then you see it here in a discussion with these two, and it happened, just like we've all theorized in these scenarios. And here it is on a piece of paper what 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 was Dolan's tag for it? The document of the century and all of that. But it is important for these little snippets of what's in there. And 
if anybody really wants a repeat in an anthology, they just need to watch Grant's videos that he's put out on him. And others have done chats since. And it depends on where you fall with this. I think the heated debate now is that there's still unverified documents. Like, okay, it's, yes, they are. But still in the win column. Like, I hear you there. <laughs> Nicole, uh, thank you for filling in on the unbiased UFO no report. Problem. Let's get to Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's news. All right, let's get right to it. Hey, the iconic mystery machine van from the 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo film is now available for three overnight stays in Southern California on Airbnb. The mystery machine is being listed for three one-night stays, June 24th, 25th, and 26th, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the movie's release. The van is decked out with 2002 throwbacks, including a Sugar Ray album with a portable CD player, a lava lamp, and a vintage television for late-night viewing of Scooby-Doo, of course. The stay also comes with meals and snacks, mystery games, and a virtual greeting from host Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the movie and its sequel. Both of those were filmed in Vancouver. I love those movies. Love those. Here's a strange one. An Indiana man who noticed some unusual lumps in a catfish reeled in by his friend said when he was cleaning the catch at home, he was absolutely appalled and shocked by what he discovered in the contents of the catfish's stomach. What was it? A sex toy yep Richard Kaiser said he and his friend John Loop went fishing on his boat in the Lawrenceburg area when Hoop reeled in his first ever blue catfish we noticed when we got it into the boat that its stomach was huge Kessler said he initially thought the fish may have swallowed some eggs or smaller creatures but he later pushed open the catfish's belly and felt two hard objects that did not feel normal to fish food and when he took it back to his house cleaning, they cut it open, found all the uh, found a foam ball, part of a fish, and the vibrator. Yeah, the other object, a sex toy. He posted photos on fish's unusual snack on Facebook. He goes, I have no idea how or why it ended up in the river. And here's a strange one, quickly. A mother in the U.S. down in Texas gave birth to twin daughters. Now, this sounds normal. However, Carmen Martinez, now a mother of three, welcomed Gabriella, Grace, and Isabella Rose on two different days. Grace was born March 7th. Isabella, March 10th. Yeah, 24 weeks and four days. They were both premature, but both little sisters are said to be doing happy, but they will celebrate their twinhood on separate birthdays. Thank you to Nicole Sackage for coming on and filling in for the Unbiased UFO Report. Shirky Poo for the news. We say thank you to the Swamp Dweller for hanging on out with us. And Dirty Filth for drawing his art on our YouTube channel. And of course, Alfred Santariga for telling us some great stories tonight on Dogman, UFOs, 
and Sasquatch. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in. At home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be, thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Space Down Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you for sharing your evening with us, because together, my friends... We're watching. We're watching. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out of pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. At Omni Hotels and Resorts, you'll discover endless ways to enjoy your summer. Do you want to explore a new city or relax at a resort? Do you prefer the sights of downtown or the beach at sundown? Do you want to golf like a pro or go driving off-road? No matter what you're looking for, you can do it all at Omni. With over 50 destinations coast to coast, the hardest part of planning your dream summer getaway is deciding where to go. Explore all we have to offer and book now at omnihotels.com slash summer.